This is Football 401k. Broadcasting on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now your host, RJ Choppy. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Football 401k. I am RJ Choppy, and this is the greatness that is December football. Absolutely love it. It's a great time of year. Uh, it is a great time to be able to bet because you know this time of year there are no more secrets. You know everything there is to know about everybody. You know everything there is to know about your team, uh, about your division rivals, and you know quite a bit about the other teams. And that's why, you know, it's very, very dangerous. I don't like to bet early in the season a, uh, a ton. Uh, I will bet, but I may incrementally increase my bets uh, as the year goes on. We have a couple of more weeks where we can really hammer these home. Uh, the final week, final two weeks of the season, really, are much more difficult. If you've got things wrapped up, you know, football is a game of emotion. That's why these bowl games, we'll get into some of these bowl games uh, a little bit later on. Uh, but some of these bowl games are very difficult to bet on because football is 100% about desire, want to, talent. Uh, but if talent isn't caring and the talent isn't trying, then what good is the talent? Uh, and that doesn't happen as much in the NFL, but it will happen week 17. Or I guess this year it's week 18. Uh, so we will dive into all that. I've got, uh, let's see, four picks of college football for the bowl games. That will be before next week's show. I've got uh, four NFL games as well uh, that we will get to. But we'll start uh, with, again, you know, more unnecessary panic about how the Cowboys are winning road games in the NFL. I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it a little bit louder for those at the back. A road win in the NFL where you cover the spread is not a bad win. Not a bad win. I, I, I know it wasn't the prettiest win. I, I know there's some problems at quarterback right now. I know Dak, and Dak knows. He hadn't played well. Um, it's, you know, he's, he's out there doing the best he can, but he ain't played well lately. I don't know if he's hurt. Jerry Jones uh, told us, uh, myself and Sean Sharif, uh, every Tuesday he joins us at 8.30 on 105 through the fan. He told us Dak's healthy. Okay, if Dak's healthy, then what's wrong? And then we find out a little bit later on uh, that, that teams since the Denver game have been playing him quite differently. And this is where it gets interesting. We laughed. I laughed. We mocked. I mocked. Vic Fangio. Vic the Clown Fangio proclaiming getting up to a pedestal, going to the highest mountaintop. What is the highest point? I live in Denton County. I think the highest point in Denton County is down the street from me. Highest point in Denton County. Said, we got the blueprint. I came up, me, not Bill Belichick, me. I came up with the blueprint to beat the Dallas Cowboys and to slow down this offense of Dak Prescott. And we laughed. And I laughed. He was right. He came up with the blueprint. Teams are pass rushing, blitzing Dak considerably less than they did in the first five or six weeks of the season. What was the one game where they didn't? And I've got the notes right here. I took them down in this trusty little legal pad of mine. 
LA Chargers. Dak was pressured, blitzed, I should say, 57% of the snaps he played against Tampa, 64% against Carolina. He had great games there. Uh, 41% against uh, New England. Well, here you go. Against the Chargers, 15%. That was his worst game in the first, what, six, seven weeks. And then you get to Denver, and it drops. You get to Vegas, and it drops. So teams are figuring out, don't blitz this cat, because Dak Prescott is fantastic against the blitz. Against the blitz. Against pressure. 15 touchdowns to one interception. I hate touchdown to interception ratio. It's such a bad lack of context stat but I'm going to use it here because it supports my argument, which calls me a hypocrite, and I'm fine with that. His pressure percentage on man coverage is 32%. It's higher than zone, So, but they're not blitzing him as much, or they are blitzing him a lot. And the passer rating is 116.5 against man coverage. Why is that? Because Dak's receivers, CD, Amari, Gallup, you ain't going to cover them in man coverage. Dude, those guys are going to run around. They're going to run circles around those DBs. But in a zone, it's more advantageous for the defense. Dak doesn't see the holes as well. Against zone coverage, Dak's got four TDs and seven picks this year. And his passer rating is only a 91. Less than a 91. It's 90.8. That ain't good. Now, 90.8 is not bad. You know, it's not bad. You're not going to be benched. But it ain't good either, man. Not in today's NFL. In today's NFL, where guys routinely are being in the hundreds in passer rating, again, not the greatest stat, like QBR better, uh, but all I have, the only information I was given was that. Teams are figuring out that if you don't blitz Dak and if you only rush four, mind you, the Cowboys' pass block win rate is 22nd in the league. That ain't good. That means they're allowing a lot of guys to win their individual pass rush matchups against them. And that, my friends, is a recipe for disaster when the defense is able to drop seven back and zone up. Because if the defense can only rush four and you've got three receivers and maybe a tight end with seven guys on them, where are you throwing? Where's the hole? And this is on the quarterback. Man-to-man coverage is on the receiver. And zone defense is on the quarterback to be able to see those openings. And he hasn't done it. But I'm not panicking. He's still an elite quarterback. He's elite. And they've covered the last two spreads. I think that's a big deal. I know not everybody – I know it's not a big deal for everybody else. For me – if you cover a road spread and you're the favorite and you cover, which means you win by more points than Vegas thinks, and you're winning those games, back-to-back road games, and people are losing their minds over it, I think it's a bit much. I think it's a bit much to panic over Dak Prescott and the offense and Kellen Moore uh, and saying that they're holding back plays. Look, guys, they've covered the last two spreads on the road. They were up 24 zip in this game. Yeah, they let them back in. You don't want to see that. But I don't need the final score to know who the better team is when you're up 24 nothing on the road. I just don't. I already know who the better team is. The better team is the one that was up 24 zip on the road. That's the better team. 
so that is the recap of last week's uh, Cowboys game against Washington. Again, it ain't the prettiest of victories, but when you cover on the road, I'm going to give you a little pass. I'll give you a little bit of a pass on that one. Uh, Cowboys do get uh, the victory. Uh, NFL this week, man, there are some good games, but this is about the COVID, as Mike McCarthy would say, as Jerry Jones would say. The COVID, it has taken over this sport. And I do wonder when all the sports will have, you know, Jeff Van Gundy said on the, I think it was the Mavs broadcast when against the Lakers. Uh, he would not be surprised if they go to a bubble very soon in the NBA. And, you know, a lot of team, a lot of leagues take their lead from another. You know, look at what happened in 2020. The moment the NBA shut down, everybody else did. I think the NCAA tournament said no fans first. But the moment they did that, I mean, it was kind of on notice. And COVID hadn't really hit the sports world just yet. We didn't even think it was possible that the players could get it. Well, players are getting it. You know, but last year, this time last year, or March of last season, of 2020, it was like, yeah, the fans are going to give it to each other. No, no, no. The fans are going to give it to the players, guys. Uh, and the players are going to give it to the fans. They may bubble up. And if they bubble up, does that mean the NFL bubbles up? Does the NFL try to do some kind of a bubble uh, for their playoffs? I would highly doubt it. I would highly doubt it. But you, know, you got teams, you got players, you know, what, 17 players on Washington, 14 on the Chargers, uh, all have COVID. So, or have been, uh, you know, come down or come down with some form of it. Uh, you know, be it asymptomatic, uh, unbacked, whatever. They've got it. Rams have got a ton of it. So it's bad. It's bad right now. Okay. What's bad is Urban Meyer, and he is out in Jacksonville. We will get into that. We will look at the College Bowl preview uh, and a look ahead at some NFL games. We've got our best bets coming up too as well. It's the Football 401K. I'm RJ Choppy. Thanks for joining us. Back in a sec. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United, United Ag, Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. <laughs> well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. 
you deserve decadent flavor without sugar and a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere and a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to Football 401k. Welcome back to the Football 401k. I am RJ Choppy. Thanks for joining us and this is a big week in sports. Big, big week. We've got, of course, a big Cowboys game against the New York football Giants coming up this weekend where the Cowboys can clinch the NFC East with a win and some help. You're going to need a Washington loss. Um, I, I do believe there's a way where if Washington and Philadelphia tie, you know, it's very confusing. Three different websites that I went to today had three different tie-breaking scenarios and three different scenarios for how the Cowboys can clinch. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is. I had David Hellman uh, on today uh, on our radio show with Sean and myself on 105 through the fan. And Hellman said basically that he will, uh, he will know that the Cowboys have a chance to clinch or have clinched when they bust out the hats. I like that. I like that. Just, you know, let other people figure it out and, and, and you do your best you can with just following their lead. Okay. I want to get into urban Meyer here. Brady Quinn had said something this week where he feels that the media never gave Urban Meyer a chance. I, I, I agreed with that. Uh, I don't believe they gave Urban Meyer a chance to succeed because they didn't give him a chance to fail. Uh, I'm a big proponent of continuity. Everyone deserves a chance to succeed. I also believe everyone deserves a chance to fail uh, without the penalty of losing your job 13 games in. I don't like that. I don't subscribe to that. I am a uh, stay the course continuity guy when i hire somebody for that position i'm not looking for immediate results i'm looking for eventual results uh and i know that's not the way the nfl works anymore i hate it i hate how they do in college football i hate how they do in the nfl you're recycling coaches every two three years the giants aren't firing joe judge this year you know why because the giants have fired their last two coaches after two seasons meanwhile this was an organization that basically never fired anybody for 70 years, right? The Giants were not a rash organization, but here they are. And that's why I was very surprised that Urban was fired. However, there does come a point where it's just too much. Did Urban deserve to be fired for uh, a lot of the past moves he made? Eh, maybe not individually. It, it, you know, it's not my business what he does at a bar with some other girl. I don't, it's not my business. It's a bad look. It's a bad look for the NFL that one of their coaches is doing that. It's a bad look uh, for the team. It's not my business. Uh, do I care that he put Trevor Lawrence into a uh, quarterback competition with Gardner Minshew? Hell no. If anybody says that that is one of the missteps of the Urban Meyer tenure. You never should speak to that person again as a friend, and you should never read what they write as a writer. Competition is not a bad thing. Sorry. You know, Trevor Lawrence has to earn the starting job. It's not, it wasn't a bad thing. The strength coach, like, what are you doing, man? Like, guys got racist allegations. You're going to hire him? That's, that sounds a little bit, like you just 
don't have any ability to read a room. Like, look at the year, man. You know, vet them, great. You know, I understand if, if he's a friend of yours and you did an investigation and you felt he was wronged and that he didn't do what he said, I'm okay with that. Uh, but, you know, just to hire him and not explain it and accept people just expect people just to accept the, that you hired them and that's why we should accept them. Well, that happens at college. It doesn't happen in the NFL. The NFL has different, you know, media covering it. You get away with that in Tuscaloosa. You get away with that, away with that in Iowa City. Um, you can get away with it in Baton Rouge. But you can't get away with the NFL level. There are national media guys that are all over the place, and they will circle. Uh, again, if he thought the guy was wrong, then he could prove it. Well, you know, tell us. And, and, and we'll listen. People will listen. They will. Um, but he didn't. And then, of course, uh, I mean, just the situation with Josh Lambeau, which, by the way, I don't really believe that he kicked him. Like, where he's like, you know, right, bam, kick. You know, I, I'm kind of thinking it was one of those, you know, you got your hands in your pocket, you know, you kick a tire, see how it's, if it's, you know, got, got air in it, you're kicking the tire. It's not a love tap, but it's not hard either. It's like, uh, why don't you mix in a field goal make today? You know, but again, this is the stuff that goes on in college that you don't treat grown men with. The biggest problem I think that Urban Meyer had in that Josh Lambeau situation wasn't even the kick slash love tap, whatever you want to call it. I think it was the fact that he didn't even refer to his special teams guys by their name. Like, dude, these are adults. These are grown men. You have to refer to them by their name. You can't call them kicker, punter, long snapper. Now, you want to call them by their number? Hey, four. Hey, eight, eight. Yeah, you know what? That's fine. That, I mean, there's, there's plenty of people on the team that refer to Dak Prescott as four. Totally cool with that. Um, now, I wouldn't call him four. I don't have that relationship with him. I would call him Dak, right? I wouldn't call him. I, I think you've got to be in a, in a much better uh, personal relationship with someone uh, to be able to change how you refer to them. But you should never refer to them as, as kicker. That makes them subhuman. Well, you can't do that. Uh, you can't do that in this league. Uh, you can't do that anywhere, really. You know, like you don't, you don't sit there and, and, and go at work and say, hey, mailroom dude, copy boy. You don't do that. No, come on now. No, you call by their name. Right, you're in a work, you're in a workplace environment. You might say intern, you might say intern, but even that, I don't even think that flies anymore, man. Uh, so urban, uh, urban went. Now, what does this do for college coaches in the future? Personally, I think nothing. If you don't hire a college football coach for your NFL job based off of Urban Meyer being unable to run his own life then you don't deserve to win. Every situation has to come and take place on its own merit. Guess what? College coaches succeed in the NFL at basically the same rate that assistant coaches that are in the NFL who get hired for NFL jobs succeed. There's just more of them. Percentage-wise, it's about the same. It's the way it is. There are... Let's just say there's 10 jobs every year. 
what, maybe one or two go to a college coach. The other nine go to a NFL assistant. So when two of those nine NFL assistants succeed and zero of the col- of the one college coach succeeds, that one college coach doesn't, people say, oh, man, see, college coaches can't succeed in the NFL. Well, shoot, dude, two out of nine did that were NFL coaches. And then, so that's, and then in two years, that's four of 18. Well, if I've got one college coach succeeds this year and then two more fail, I'm at 33%. That's better than four out of 18. So you got to look at it like that. You know, these people with the volume numbers, again, I'm not into counting stats. You know this. If you listen to my show, I am not a counting numbers guy. Of a stats a rate, a, the rate stat dude. So I don't think this has a hill of beans to do with anyone hiring a college coach uh, from here on out. I will say this it won't be Jacksonville. Jacksonville is not going to hire a Dabo Sweeney, even though, I mean, it makes sense with the quarterback. No, 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 no. They are going the, uh, the NFL route. Um, now mind you, Jim Harbaugh is the NFL route. He was in, he's been in the NFL before he went to a Super Bowl. If they were to hire Jim Harbaugh, which they're not going to, that's the NFL route. Uh, I can't see them going for the college coach after what just happened, uh, with urban Meyer. And I'm cool with that, but the rest of the teams out there, you know, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't sit there and give a pass for, for not taking a college coach based on what happened with urban Meyer. Urban Meyer can't run his own life. Urban Meyer's a used car salesman. He's a bad dude. All right, he's a hell of a football coach. This is not, Urban Meyer is not an all-time great college football coach. He is a legendary college football coach. He is bigger than all-time great. He is better than all-time great. This is a legend, flat-out legendary college football coach. And he failed. Meanwhile, Cliff Kingsbury failed big time at Texas Tech. He wasn't that good of a coach. He had Patrick Mahomes, and he still found a way to lose like five games a year. He's dominating Arizona. There's no rhyme or reason. And why is he dominating? Because his quarterback is great. And why is Matt Rule failing? Because his quarterback stinks. It's kind of how this works in the NFL. Look around. Find me a great coach with a bad quarterback that's still a great coach and still winning games. Can't find it. You can't find it. It doesn't exist. Great coaches with bad quarterbacks. We saw what Bill Belichick did with Cam Newton last year. When they good. Now he gets a good quarterback who could throw. What's he doing? Nine and four or whatever the record is, eight and four. Tremendous. Tremendous. All right. That is uh, segment number two. Uh, we have our bowl picks. We've got not all of them. We're just doing a couple of them. Uh, so our best bets uh, for uh, this coming week uh, around both college football and the NFL. I'm RJ Choppy. It is the football 401k. All right. Welcome back to the football 401k final segment time here. We're going to get some best bets for you. And I do love this time of year. Why do I love this time of year? because I love betting on bowl games. Here's a couple of tricks for you uh, when it comes to bowl game betting. If you are doing, say, um, if you are doing like a 
confidence pool, you know those confidence pools that people do? If you're doing one of those, please, I beg you, bet the early games with higher confidence. They're typically, typically uh, a little bit easier to pick. Uh, so, so bet the early games with a higher confidence meter. And let's just get right to it. Let's get right to it. Here we go. Uh, college football, best bets, App State and Western Kentucky. I love the over in this game. Over 66, Western Kentucky can slang that football around. App State is a very good football, uh, college football program. Remember, they were in the FCS a couple years ago. Uh, they moved over to uh, the Bulls subdivision, uh, and they've done, they've done pretty well. Uh, so I do like the, uh, the over, the over 66 in that one. Northern Illinois and Coastal Carolina, I like the under 63 in the UNI uh, CC game. Okay. UNI and CC, UNI, ha, U and I, there we go. Uh, under 63. BYU, they are taking on UAB. Uh, you can get this at six and a half or seven. I'm much more apt to take it at six and a half than I am at seven. I think this is probably a seven point victory uh, for BYU. Six and a half is a great number for a favorite. It's Seven's a terrible number uh, for a favorite. So stay away from seven if you can. If you have to buy it down a point or a half point, I mean, you don't want to get outside the minus 120. You really don't, okay? Now you're giving away any advantage you might have. So if you have to buy it down, I would probably say stay away from that game. If you don't have to buy it down and it's got it at six and a half, uh, play it. Play BYU. Your best bet might be if it's at seven, wait. Wait till kickoff. Maybe we'll get some late steam coming in on UAB. Liberty minus nine against Eastern Michigan. Uh, Malik Willis is a fantastic quarterback for Liberty. Uh, he is going to be in the NFL. Uh, keep an eye on it. Make sure he plays. Okay? If he doesn't play, don't bet this game. Make sure that Malik uh, is in the lineup. And then finally, Wyoming uh, minus three against Kent State. Uh, Wyoming's been a good team for me this year. I've had a really good uh, read on them uh, this season. So I like Wyoming minus the three points. All right, National Football League. I got four selections for you. Uh, man, it is tough sledding in Cleveland. Baker's out. Stefanski's out. They've got like 14 guys at the COVID list. Vegas has gone from like a five-point dog to a one-point favorite. Give me Vegas minus the one. Simple. All you got to do is bet them to win, and you are at least going to push if they win. New England plus two and a half against Indy. They're, these are two of the top 10 teams in DVOA. The, I should let me rephrase that. These are two of the three teams who have a top 10 offense, defense, special teams ranking in DVOA. The three teams are Dallas, Indianapolis, New England. New England and Indy are playing here. I like New England. They got a better quarterback. Uh, they got a better coach, even though I like Frank Reich. And I think they have a better roster. Uh, I know the game's in Indy, but, man, Indy is soft. Uh, historic. When it comes to playing New England, India is soft. They're, they're not soft, but when it comes to playing them, they are. Uh, give me New England plus the two and a half. I like the Rams minus four and a half against Seattle. I am not buying what Russ is cooking. Uh, I would not eat what Russ is cooking until Pete Carroll sells his restaurant. Pete needs to get out of there. Let Russell take over this football team. Get a real offensive guy in there. Get somebody in here who doesn't punt on fourth and one uh, and, and let Russ cook. I'm taking the Rams minus the four and a half. And then finally, Tennessee minus one against Pittsburgh. This is the time of year, Tennessee. They better get it going. You know, 
they've got a chance still at the one seed in the AFC. Uh, they need to get, they got to get this win. And I don't trust Ben and Pittsburgh as far as I can throw them. I can't throw them very far. Uh, but I'm taking Tennessee here uh, minus the one point. That'll do it for us on the football 401k. We'll have a complete bowl preview next week because next week should be uh, the final show before uh, really all those games prior to the national championship, uh, the final four games uh, are going on. So next week we'll have the rest of the bowl games. And then the week after we'll do the final four and the new year's day bowls uh, for you here on the football 401k. Thanks for joining us. Let's win some money. I'm RJ choppy. Talk to you next week at the football 401k.